0: Services providers, they invest a lot of resources in optimizing and scaling and improving processes. And so there's a vast amount of knowledge that these companies can actually tap into when it comes to maturing your own processes, setting yourself up to perform better in the future, and ensuring that you're keeping up with what are whatever are the latest technologies. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance.
1: How can IT organizations most effectively leverage contract staff and managed services? I'm Gary Baker, Global Communications Director for the Hackett Group, and on this episode of our Business Acceleration Podcast, we discuss that topic with two experts from our technology transformation practice, Director Tiffany Haig and Director Vladimir Petresky. Welcome, Tiffany, and welcome, Vladimir. Thank you. Hi, Gary. Good to be here. Tiffany, why don't you get us started by talking to us a little bit about the key differences between leveraged contract staff and managed services?
2: Absolutely, Gary. We're excited to be here and looking forward to this podcast. Companies are faced with many challenges as they start off with 2024 planning. And IT leaders are being asked more than ever to do more with a lot less. And they are certainly feeling the pressure to find ways to optimize cost, innovate, automate, and certainly smart staff their teams. One of the ways they can do that is through contract staff and leveraging managed services. A lot of times when we are helping our clients achieve their overall goals and objectives for the upcoming year... We start with looking at workforce strategy. How are the IT organizations filling resource gaps, understanding and closing skill gaps? How are they aligning with their business partners to be able to meet all of the demand that's coming into the IT department? Because a lot of IT leaders already feel like they're under-resourced. Well, one of the ways they can do that is having a holistic, defined, and very solid workforce strategy. One of those key parts of a workforce strategy is being able to use external resources. A lot of our IT leaders will use contract staff, or many may know of it as staff augmentation. Maybe they are already leveraging some managed service providers to do some long-term IT services and perform other functions for them, but are still feeling pinched in understanding how they can meet everything that's being demanded by the business. Oftentimes, we find clients that don't understand the difference between contract services and using managed service providers. And so today, we're going to look at how to, how to effectively utilize that to be able to optimize cost and meet needs. We find that a lot of our clients and IT organizations can often save anywhere between 20 and 35% in cost if they effectively and correctly utilize external staff and managed service providers. So when you think about how you can use contract staff, you know, there are certainly some best practices and key decision criteria that IT leaders and managers want to go through before they engage the external resources. From a contract staff perspective, is there a very defined project start and end date? Is it going to be more of a shorter term assignment that would allow the managers to quickly flex up based on project demands? Is this something that is a one-time project and is not going to be needed on an ongoing basis? And is there an urgency to fill this role quickly? A lot of times roles will require close collaboration, roles that are critical to an organization's long-term strategy. If there's extensive training and knowledge that will be involved, depending on the project requirements, oftentimes that may not suit an external contract staff resource. When you look at the other end of the spectrum and you look at managed service providers, as IT leaders look at shifting workloads and being able to leverage the workforce that they have, managed service providers can really fill a niche where there are IT services being performed that are more commoditized, aren't core to the overall business goal or objective, requires more general type knowledge, and certainly can be leveraged remotely across the globe and can help drive down cost. So those are some of the, the, the key differences with regards to contract staffed and managed services. Vlad's going to take us through some of the best practices and, and how to manage them.
0: At the core of, of the relationships between corporations and external service providers, it is important to consider that there is an inherent conflict of interest between a client and an external supplier. At the core of it, as I mentioned, it is... The company wants to do things and perform services cheaper and have a great service, really leverage the expertise of these external service providers. However, at the core of what managed services providers or external providers really want to do is they want to grow their business, right? Because they're in this to to grow their business as well. Now, different areas to consider depending regardless of whether you are engaging a staff augmentation service or engaging a supplier in a managed services. If you're solely considering getting the best price, it is important to run a competitive bid and get multiple suppliers to provide bids for the services that are being sourced. This will incentivize the suppliers to provide the company with the best price possible as they are competing for your business. However, price is not always going to be the most important part, and it is highly important to ensure that aligning the interests To the best of your abilities between your corporation and your suppliers understand that sometimes suppliers may make short-term concessions in certain areas to win your business or to provide further the relationship that you have with them but over the long term they're running a business and they want to show growth to their internal leadership understanding this dynamic is really going to help companies get the most out of these external providers One of the key areas that I have seen a lot of companies struggle with in the past is they allow suppliers to actually be performing on their own or simply be working on a person-by-person relationship with the operations teams. This is a big gap that uh, companies often oversee in terms of not assigning a relationship owner and not developing an overall supplier strategy. At the end of the day, left to their own devices, suppliers will use their best judgment to interpret what they need to deliver. But if there isn't an alignment with what the overall company strategy should be, that may not always be what the business really needs. On the other hand, communicating that overall company direction will help align the common goals between the two parties. Now the second part that I would uh, that that I highly recommend our clients look at are incentivizing suppliers to provide excellent service. Gain sharing is an excellent way for closely aligning the interest between a company and its suppliers. Certain areas may include things like understanding or incentivizing a supplier to drive down volumes, rationalizing application portfolios or workloads, et cetera at the end of the day, if the contract is structured in such a way, when the volumes go down and the pricing goes down, the company is going to win and the supplier is going to win because they don't need as many people to deliver those services.
1: Vlad, why don't you tell us a little bit about the difference between hourly versus fixed fee for contract staff and managed services?
0: There are a few key differences between staffing approaches. If we look at managed services, the key area there is to align interests, allowing the vendors to optimize their staffing while still looking to get the best possible service. Now, this is something that in my experience, I have seen a lot of companies struggle with because it really requires a different mindset to the traditional approach. Operations teams are very used to looking at how am I going to manage the day to day work and the tasks that my managed services provider should really be performing, but a managed services contract is really aimed at approaching this problem in a whole different way the aim of a managed services contract is really to look at the outcomes and work towards getting those outcomes as a business, as opposed to understanding how the supplier is handling these processes on a day-to-day business. So that alignment is really key. And as I mentioned a minute ago, having those relationship owners and overall owners of those relationships between the company and the supplier is truly key in making a managed services contract work. Now, if we look at contract staff, be it on, a, uh, I'm going to look at on an hourly standpoint. Really, the main area where most companies find these useful is really where when you need flexibility. A lot of times, seasonal work only requires people to do that to perform these functions on on a very limited basis, and it has a very short runway for how those are being done. And so contract stuff is an excellent way of doing that. The second part is when you have a an identified project that really needs to be performed in and, and has an identified beginning and end. That is an excellent candidate for having a fixed fee contract where understanding what the outcome of that project is supposed to be and how that will handle or will further the development of or the delivery of those services. Now, a couple of things to consider when looking at hourly or fixed fee contracts. When you're looking at the people that need to be doing the work, always take into consideration things like overtime, work on nights and weekends and PTO and sick leave and company holidays, because I've seen many a times where either suppliers or corporations oversee these details. And at the end of the day, when. Those services are required during these times and they are not being delivered. It is a misalignment that creates a distance in that relationship between the two parties. And so understanding those those ways of working up front is highly important to ensuring that clients get the best service levels that they want.
1: Tiffany, what can you tell us in terms of best practices for managing and integrating contract staff into existing teams and workflows?
2: Absolutely. You know, as you heard Vlad talk about understanding and leveraging contract staff and managed service providers the right way can certainly yield a ton of results. And, and doing it effectively can help increase and achieve those cost efficiencies, enhance productivity, certainly can increase flexibility. The teams improve quality of work and retain talent and integrating those resources in with your permanent employee teams is critical to the overall success of the organization. You want to make sure that with your contract staff, right? You have goals and you're reviewing expectations of their assignment. You're going through proper onboarding just because they're an external resource doesn't mean you shouldn't onboard them and share the overall company's goals, vision, and mission. You want to make sure that you're monitoring their performance and managing their performance like you would an employee. And you certainly want to establish a cadence where you're providing feedback on how they're performing. You should think of them as an extension of your teams. So from an exclusive and cohesive perspective, you shouldn't, shouldn't be treating them in any, in any different. The manager should be managing these external resources, and that you always want to make sure you're following compliance and security requirements and adhering to HR policy. All of that certainly helps integrate from a change management perspective, helps drive results, and helps the teams achieve their overall objectives.
1: Vlad, are there specific industries or business scenarios where one approach is more suitable than the other in terms of managed services versus contract staff? That's an excellent way to look at things. There are a few
0: commonalities among our experiences that we have actually seen in how incorporating contract staff from an industry perspective can really be beneficial for for companies. A couple of areas that I have seen where it works really well is where a client has a global presence, but they don't want to staff up globally. And there are various reasons for why that may be the case. In certain localities where clients do not want to have a presence globally, be it for labor laws, be it for country laws, or for any other reasons, that is an excellent way or an excellent opportunity to leverage contract suppliers. A few other considerations that we have seen clients leverage when making these decisions are leveraging what we call a core fit ready model to understand what is the work that is being done and how is that and whether or not that is core to their business. Is it fit to be outsourced and leveraged for leveraging an external service provider to deliver it? And is it ready to be delivered in that manner? Going through this exercise methodically. And with the, with the use of data to really inform how best to approach this is going to help companies make these decisions and look for what is the best in their interest over the long term.
1: Tiffany, how can companies maintain a positive company culture and, and foster good communication and teamwork? When working with teams that might have both contract staff and permanent employees,
2: yeah, it's certainly a challenge that a lot of our IT leaders face. And you know, as we talked a little bit earlier in the question onboarding, making sure that they're integrated and feel inclusive of teams' goals, understand the company objective and where they want to go. I think it's also important, too, to think about, you know, how does their individual contribution help the company meet the overall goal? Just because they're an external resource doesn't mean they shouldn't be managed like you would manage one of your employees on the teams. You want to make sure they're part of the overall goal. You know, it's important when you think about the little things as part of the onboarding process, making sure they've got company email, they've got the proper network access, which all could be part of the networking process. From a social and integration perspective, you want to make sure they're included in team meetings, whether it's face-to-face or virtual collaboration. As they're working with their counterparts on a team, that always helps drive inclusivity and helps them integrate and ramp up a lot faster. You know, we talked about providing good feedback on their performance, acknowledging their achievements and making sure they receive just as much recognition as an employee on the team would. Certainly any team building events, it's always important to include them. And I think too, as an external resource or if you're working with a managed service provider, it's important to just respect their autonomy and their flexibility and their preferences, you know, Companies are using global workforces now. And so time zones are different. Cultures are different. Languages are different. And as you get to learn and understand and put yourself in the other person's shoes, all helps to to drive that collaboration and teamwork and and help and foster really good communication would be some of the things that I recommend to my clients as they start to expand staff and, and use external resources.
0: And if I may add one more thing to that, Tiffany, Doing something as simple as taking a trip offshore to meet the team and to get to know who they are, On a more personal basis really goes a long way in making sure that those teams are motivated and providing and furthering that company culture that you want to establish with your internal teams even if these teams may be external with an external service provider due to a lot of security requirements and firewalls required to ensure that customers have their privacy and security intact service providers segment their teams by customer. And so when going to visit these areas and these offices offshore, meeting the team and furthering that company culture is really going to go a long way.
1: We've got time for one more question, Vlad. How can contract staff and managed service providers contribute to innovation and problem solving, ability to scale, or helping organizations meet goals?
0: This is one of the greatest areas that, manage, that that large providers, contract staff or managed services providers can really further when it comes to companies overall goals and long term goals. They invest a lot of resources in optimizing and scaling and improving processes because they're doing them for numerous clients across the board. And so there's a vast amount of knowledge that these companies can actually tap into when it comes to maturing your own processes, setting yourself up to perform better in the future and ensuring that you're keeping up with what are whatever are the latest technologies. And speaking of technologies there are a lot of times where I have seen managed services providers in particular allow for what they call an innovation fund. It's ensuring that every year there's going to be some portion of the pricing that they are charging their clients to be solely dedicated to looking at what are the latest trends in the technology and really and truly experimenting on how those technologies can be applied within the business. In most recent years, or I ha- we have seen chat GPT be one of those areas where companies really want to get into integrating these technologies and these approaches into how they're managing their work and really optimizing and furthering the- their business. And these managed services providers are an excellent excellent way or an excellent opportunity to continue to do those.
2: Uh, I definitely agree, Vlad. We've seen and talked to a lot of our clients on projects to be able to leverage a more strategic partner gives them the ability to take their current resources, shift workloads, you know, allow their teams and their strategic resources that have in-demand skills to really focus on those unique and complex projects. And between the partnership really allows them to drive home some of the more innovative and automated opportunities that the businesses are looking for.
1: Okay, great stuff, guys. Tiffany, Vlad, thanks for joining us for this and, and sharing your expertise. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find the audio, helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehacketgroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode. Or send us an email at podcast at The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackettgroup.com.